0: And the reason why I'm putting this on here is because I'm, I'm forming a community that can talk to each other on Geneva. And I, I want to do that because I want to introduce people to each other. We get very, very high quality people here. And I like that part and I want to continue it and I want to make it grow. So in order to have that happen, um, I have to uh, have people able to talk to each other because I can't be every place at once. Okay, here's what happened last week. First of all, welcome to the weekly meeting of the Karma Club. It's a, shall we say, soiree um it's an intellectual gathering of people who want to discuss complicated issues in um in the, all their complexity and we have uh no agenda except to make the world a a little bit better place since we are here than before we got here so that is the goal the goal is to put out what you would like to see back. And uh, always what I want to see back is loving kindness. And I usually get it, you know, I, I get a group of people in the room who are the right people to be in the room and they listen to the discussion, and sometimes they contribute to the discussion, and I learn from the discussion, and I hope so do they. And that is the good part about Karma Club, and that is why I continue it week after week. Now, we've tried to put a little bit more structure in it, and to do that, we established a list of topics. And we, the next topic is going to be women and entrepreneurship. And we were going to do that this week, but we got sort of, and this does happen to us quite a bit because we undertake complicated topics. Um, we weren't finished at the end of the last week's Karma Club. So we decided we would carry it over to this week. And Frank came and joined us almost at the end and had some very interesting points of view. Now, if you want to invite people to the room and share the room and ping people into the room, that's great, but they have to be people who are able to have this kind of discussion and not uh, people who already have their minds made up and are unable to consider all sides of what comes, to be every day a more complicated issue. So I'll set the stage a little bit. Barbara is an expert in gender intelligence. Frank is a non-binary person. I am an old-fashioned uh, cisgender uh, woman who you know never had to consider any of these issues and really never wanted to um i just figured everyone would do what they wanted to do and it wasn't any of my business well we are now in the world of social media and we are also in the world of um, higher technology than than we were in in the beginning hi jake Um, so now we have options for what we, what we can do technically with respect to gender. And we also have options surgically and pharmaceutically about what we can do, um, with gender. And as a result, we have had an explosion of interest in the subject of gender. So, maybe Barbara, you should, you should talk about what is the difference between sex and gender?
1: Sure. Yeah, I can certainly do that. So, uh, just a little context. I've been working in the space of gender intelligence for 30 years, and I've written five books on it and in, in the middle of wrapping up a documentary on the topic. So, the, the question is gender Versus so Bar-
0: sex. Barbara has just told us she is not chopped liver. There
1: you go. That's a good way of putting it. on this. Thanks, on this Thanks Dr. Frenzy. Go ahead. All right. Yeah. So often what we do is we 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 meld the distinction of gender and sex in the same box, and it, that and actually don't fit. So what do I mean by that? I mean that gender is na- nurture, and there can be a whole spectrum of gender in every. Every aspect you can imagine, depending on how you 're nurtured up and how you develop and so on, sex is biology, and that is really the hard wiring of the brain and other body systems in our body and If you get a chance to watch my TED talk, I speak about that very specifically, and I talk about the fact that we never research women or female animals. Uh, in our in our neuroscience research or our medical research until nineteen ninety uh, which blew my mind when I discovered that prior to that, we assumed that men and women were more or less biologically uh the same and uh, other than what doctors called the bikini factor right uh, which is an interesting label and then they discovered that actually it was incorrect and and how it began was in stroke victims where Men and women had the exact same brain damage, and they recovered quite differently in the stroke. women They discovered that women had more language centers in various parts of their brain, so they were able to recover their speech much more rapidly than men, as an example. Another breakthrough that really- Oh, that's an unexpected
0: calls. gift to women.
1: No, just kidding. Go there on. you go. Yeah. <laughs> and also the discovery that hearts, which is the number one killer for women- um, today, um, is expresses heart attacks, expressed very differently in women than in men. And that was a big, big breakdown in the medical community because 72% of women do not have the classical symptoms of heart attack. They have more like flu-like symptoms, not feeling well. And my sister-in-law actually died on the front lawn of her house at age 38 from a massive heart attack after having been to the medical clinic on the Friday saying that she didn't feel well and there was something seriously wrong and they told her she had anxiety. So anyway, with that, that kind of, in 1990, that just exploded the research and now there's an explosion of that. The the key here is that, you know, it's important for us to honor both the gender aspect, which is the nurture side of it, and also the nature side of it so we can understand that. And I'll just pause there for now, Dr. Francine, just to make that distinction. Thanks.
0: Okay, and then I'm, I'm going to go the next step, and and that is into body dysphoria or feeling like somehow you're not comfortable in your body or maybe you were born into the wrong type of body. And for many reasons, and and I am less than not an expert on any of this, although I've read a lot about it, um I I have um I have heard a lot of people who feel like they are a woman but they should have been a man or they are a man but they should have been a woman now Back in the day, um, what you would have done if that happened to you was um, get married, go to your wife's closet, put, you know, pull out some of her dresses, and when you um, when you got home from work, you would uh, try on some of her dresses for a few hours and have some fun and then um, go to sleep and go back to work the next morning um, as a man. Or if you were a woman back in the day, you would be what I was, which was called a tomboy, where I played with boys. Uh, I thought, you know, I wanted to be a boy, and... um, And I was very interested in all things that boys, and by the way, still am, interested in all the things that um, boys are interested in. So that would be, in this day and age, I might be at least non-binary. Okay, but then the next step that you that you take is the one where you become not non-binary frank just say when you want in because
2: well uh, you know uh dr francine perhaps first of all i I, I, what qualifies me to speak to this topic isn't just that how i identify it i don't think that's that's um that's more important than that no, I you're a actually, right. So I, I do hold a couple of degrees, including bachelor's and master's in sociology. And I, I passed a couple of the psychological, uh, um, uh, what is it? Seminars or, or whatever you want to say to that, including developmental psychology, uh educational psychology, environmental psychology. So, so uh, I I consider myself to be a social psychologist in, in terms of this, and, and gender is is one of the most important dimensions for a social scientist to consider, whatever you look at. So, so that is. Uh, what qualifies me that I actually looked into these things? Let's say for uh, gender uh, r- in in international relations uh, uh, because I also studied political science. So, so um, it, I think. So um,
0: you've now established that I am the least qualified person on the stage. That's fine. I'm I
2: actually a- don't know what you have your PhD in, Dr. Francine. So uh that- Oh, I see. Yeah. See, linguistics is, is, yeah.
0: Yes. After you do all of this talking, I'm going to try, I am going to try and write it into something that can be understood by the average person and perhaps relieve some of the terrible tension around this subject.
2: Yeah, I I should also say that linguistics is also part of my, my, uh, whatever vita that is. So, um, so, um, I think that Barbara and I, and Barbara, it's a little bit unfortunate that we didn't have a a, a separate talk about this before this. So I, 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 I think I see where, where, where Barbara's experience is in. I, I do have some books of her. I read into it. So, uh, but, um, first of all, we, the, we should probably look into that, uh, uh, after the, the, the terms of, of, uh, of sex and gender, which was in, in, you know, in 1955, John Money, that is the, the person that's assigned, uh, this, this, um, discussion of social constructed gender is assigned to. And, uh, 1949, Simone de Beauvoir, uh, uh who, who said, uh, one is not born, but rather becomes a woman. So this all, the, the, this whole, uh, study of of feminism that is extremely important in the becoming of this whole discussion and so we have uh, the the debate about you know some uh, physical characteristics that make up the body of biological sex what is identified as that is understood as that so we're talking about hormones chromosomes Genitalia secondary sexual characteristics. So that is a very complex physical set of characteristics. And there are all sorts of plays that like how do hormones in stages of, of uh, pregnancy influence uh, s- certain uh, behaviors later on so there's for example there are some studies pretty recent 2018 where uh they looked into these stages and all of that and maybe and, and none of that is really finally set so that is one of the the, the problems where uh where it, it, there's this analytical uh th- this attempt to to make these boxes right uh, where where we can uh very easily identify uh uh, uh things and it's and it's uh really the majority of stuff we're looking at is this binary world, and a lot of things are very, very clear. But there's two, at least 2% intersex people. Um, that is roughly the amount of uh, population that, that is redheads. So, uh, And they uh, can come up with all sorts of things, like chromosomes, XO, XXX, XXY, X, X, there are even uh, some uh, people born with XX X and XY, so th- the world is not just XX X and XY and even some uh, males uh, have been assigned uh, and females have, have been assigned the wrong XXXY uh, um, uh, set So and have discovered that later on that it's, it's assigned wrong so there are all, all sorts of uh, things and um, do, do you want to uh, say something to that yeah
0: I do I, yeah I, I want to say a couple of things first of all I want to say that all of this is pretty complex and 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 scientifically proven but where we are getting into trouble is in the application of the research and the concepts into everyday life because once somebody sees, a possibility um, or a business opportunity everything changes so this is how i this is how i see the problem of transgender right now a part of the world feels like transgender isn't real and is unnatural and is whatever you want to call it those people believe that somehow transgender shouldn't be allowed you know or encouraged or whatever, and the other side of this particular argument and it's not even an argument because it's not rational but the the other side is is I have a four year old child or I have an eight year old child or I have a twelve year old child who says. He, she wants to be a boy, girl, you know, like whatever the child is, the child wants to be something else. You know, how do I get that child what's known as gender affirming care and at what age should that be and what should that consist of and who should be the decider of whether that happens and so that is the that I think is the crux of the issue. And the, the more complicated issue is who pays for everything. And a still more um, complicated issue is that many people who have um, have undergone transgender um, s- surgery, or I, I want to make sure I use the right terms here. Because I don't want people getting mad at me. I want to really be as respectful as I can. But if you undergo gender-affirming care, whether surgical or pharmaceutical, it doesn't necessarily solve all your problems. And transgender people have a particularly high rate of suicide. So that is a whole other issue that we need to crank into this discussion somehow. Um, who wants to help me? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think, I
1: mean, the doctors that I've spoken to who have uh, deep, deep, deep expertise in this area have a couple of concerns. One is um, my connection. Can you hear me okay? Okay. Yeah.
2: Me? Yeah, absolutely fine. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, but, but I want to stop um,
0: you for one second because there yep. is a uh, transgender person in the chat saying, okay. "Are there any speakers that are trans or not?" And I, I can only say that I've invited several, and none have shown up. And anyone who wants to come up and speak to this, I really want that to happen as much as yep. I possibly can. And the only reason that I'm calling it a lifestyle, again, um, to um, ma- malis is that how you um, you pronounce your name? Malis, um lifestyle and Allegra, both of you. Uh, lifestyle is not an appropriate term. And I think that's absolutely right. And I just couldn't figure out what else to call it. Because if you actually are transgender, um, I I feel like it's it's an imperative or a drive or something like that more than just the lifestyle so it please if i wanted want to, to criticize
2: that term as well by the way from a sociology perspective because there are all sorts of ways to use that term i, I want to criticize that as well and uh, uh josie and 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 josie was invited uh, she said last week she wanted to come today so uh she identifies as trans, but she's not here yet. I, I hope she will join us later on.
0: Well, she so, told me she would probably be here, so I hope she shows up, but in the meantime... Is there a way we can reach out to her? I'm going to do that right now.
1: Okay, that'd be wonderful. Just as a gentle reminder. But see, I, ever, I, know...
0: I I understand why transgender people are not anxious to show up on Clubhouse stages. I agree. I and agree. I, don't, I don't blame them, because... Yeah. You can never, I can, you know, I can do the best I can, but I can't, I'm not perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good, you're here. Thank you, and thank you very much for coming in utmost respect.
3: Um, let me introduce myself first. I my name is Melis, and I am a transgender, and I am from Thailand. So bear with me because uh, English is not my first language. So yeah, like if you have any question towards a transgender, I can speak from my perspective, and yeah, um, and I'm willing and glad to to answer to answer for you, to answer your questions. Okay, so
0: I I, I have a question and and my question is at what age did you first feel that you should be another gender um
3: from my for my from my own experience i always i never i never felt tra- i never felt like i am a woman that trapped in a male body so let's clarify this so it's going to go to my sexuality as well so i've got my boobs. I've got my boobs done. But apart from that, no, I still have a male genital. So like, and I'm happy with it right now. So I, to me, to me, myself is I just want to be as feminine as I want. And at this stage, it is where I want myself to be right now. Like, I always feel like, yeah, I should be like this. It always I cannot say at what age because like, since I was born, I always feel like I'm going to be like this. I just, I just had to wait for the right time because I was born in a Chinese culture family. And yeah, we have something like, yeah, be a good kid for your parents first. So then I graduated, I started paying my own bills and it's just my time to fulfill my, my wantings. Does it make sense?
1: Oh, of course. It absolutely, absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Uh, do do we pronounce your name? Miley?
3: Miley? It's Miley. Miley is like May like the man. Okay. Thank Melis. you, Melis.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Thank you, Melis, for being here. You know, I, I one of my sons is gay and um, he didn't come out until he was 18. And I asked him and, I said, and when he came out, <clears throat> I said, oh, my God, the, I, the more authentic you can be, The more I love you, you know, Uh, all all we want is just for everyone just to express themselves the way that they are. But I also talked to him about, you know, when he knew, and he said to me that he felt it all along. And and when I look back, because I have five sons and two daughters, and I look back, I can remember Zach playing with Lauren you know, all along and not with the boys, you know what I mean? And that was just his natural self. And he's now in that conversation about the the spectrum of, of, you know, where he wants, who he wants to be with it. And I think, you know, I mean, I just want to acknowledge you because he's in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, which is a very different world and culture than you are in. And I would love to ask you the question about your parents and coming out and you know what the, that experience was like for you just to be able to really stand in your shoes for a moment okay. thank you
3: okay so um throughout my life i never had a phrase okay basically when you're like maybe not for everyone but for me like for me in my head i had like before being a transgender people were seeing me as a gay boy or femme boy you know what i mean right so i was born as a boy but i was really really femme since like people can see me being feminine like two two kilometers away so i never really had a phrase just to come out as i am a gay boy or has to come out again as a transgender i never had that phrase luckily that i have my supportive family members as well but my family fell apart my dad and my mom they separated since uh since i was really really young so i i never had a really really good relationship with my dad so basically like i have to i had to reintroduce myself again to my dad as a daughter it was hard at first because like yeah it was hard enough because i am a big brother in a family and a big brother means so much in, in Chinese culture family can you imagine that and it's like being a fanboy is already disappointing and then I came out and not not came out have to introduce myself again as a transgender to him it, it was a bit rough for me but I kind of mentally blocked him because I in in my life I never had a really really good male figure in my family because every time the, the family dramas always caused by men in my family so i kind of he had a new family so i kind of distanced myself from him and then i we reconnect again after i graduated and then i got my boobs done and yeah kind of as i'm a singer i went to a really really singing com- a really really big singing competition in thailand i went to the final nine competitors like final nines of the country so it's like kind of first time to opening the little door that that is that is blocked that blocked me and my my dad apart kind of that so i never really had a phrase that i had to come out lucky me though so i i cannot speak for for people who who were struggling who are struggling with their sexualities and have to face the phrase of i'm gonna come out as gay or as transgender lucky me though but yeah like throughout my life since a fanboy to be a transgender i can say that i have some supportive family members or maybe just like yeah because like i started paying my own bills since i was 18 so it's like either yeah it's my own money i don't give a fuck about your opinions it's just me that, yeah, I'm going to do, and I calculate things before I do it. So I know that it's going to be my, for my own sake. So I don't care about others' opinion, even though you are my family members. Does it make sense?
1: Absolutely. Thank you. It absolutely makes sense. And oh, just for a... sure it makes sense. You, yeah.
0: play, you know, there's an American expression called you play with the kids who show up, you know, mm-hmm. meaning um you stick around with the supportive people and you don't spend a lot of time trying to force the unsupportive people to support you and thereby make yourself miserable um i do want to say
1: i i do want to add one more thing mainly it's just the courage i just want to acknowledge
3: the courage that it takes for you
0: i want to hug you i just
3: yeah, same here. Thank, I'm sending but you. There was a time that I really, really had a talk to my personalities because I moved to, I was a down south girl, was the island girl before then I moved to Bangkok, which is a big town, and then I started working as a professional singer in nightclubs, pubs, restaurants in Bangkok. And in my head it was like, yeah, I love singing, but when I recorded myself and then I got home and then I I started to watch my videos. I was like, there is something. It's like, I cannot connect to the audiences because there is some mm. filters which I couldn't see. You know what I mean, right? Mm. Like, in my head, yeah. it's like, okay, I'm going to sing. I'm conveying the message. But I, yeah, they enjoy, they enjoy the show. But there is something in my head, is like, hmm, there is something missing. There is something that, that, that stopped me from connecting to the audience. And then, yeah, I got back. Yeah, it was my look, my, in my personal preference, like, because I cannot be 100% me on the stage. So then I started, after that, I started dressing as a girl to to parties. And then I'm I'm, I'm really comfortable with that. So it's like, okay, I'm going to pick up that. It makes me happy, my money, no. And then the processing for me went the, the process of me going from a gay boy to a transgender was really, really, really fast. I started dressing as a girl to parties for like a month, starting learning about makeups and blah 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 and shit. And then yeah, there is a lot something more. I was talking to myself, maybe I need a booth job. I was talking to myself on Saturday. I contact the surgeon on Sunday, and I got my boobs done on Monday without telling anyone. So it's like I was born again to my family because after the surgery, after I got my boobs done, a week after that, people just knew. People just knew about it one week after. So,
0: because because boobs wow. are something it's... that you can see, and they they exactly. are. A- a visible manifestation. But you were an adult. It's very important what you said about being an adult and paying your own bills because we do have. And Muriel, I want to bring you into the conversation because you are a cultural anthropologist who worked in transgender studies. Am I right?
4: Yes, absolutely. Um hi everyone. I just thought I you hi, know Maria. I I I would offer you some help because although this is not my current area of um expertise, I spent some 15 years focusing very intently on the topic and um I, uh, I just thought if you had any particular questions, um, I just would love to help you out if there's anything particular that you wanted to know about. I mean, um, as, as an anthropologist, I, I also was kind of taken with the, with the story um, because as an anthropologist, we look cross-culturally at the phenomenon of gender variance, And it exists in really almost all cultures, all known cultures, some form of it. And what is really interesting is that oftentimes, I think, Frank, you said you have a sociological background. Um, Oftentimes, these phenomena are used to explain the social or cultural construction of gender. And it almost should really explain the social construction of acceptance, on this topic, because there's a lot of cultures, for example, Native American cultures who have accommodated, um, third gender, fourth gender, any kind of alternative gender, um, people rather than what we tend to do, stigmatize them and exclude them and put labels on them. And I think it's, it's enriching to learn how other cultures have, um, have not done that right. Have, have kept, um, Trans-identified people or gender variant people in their in their tribes and their societies, and they were not outsiders. And I think it's very instructive to learn from other cultures about this phenomenon.
0: But, wow, that's um, awesome, Muriel. That really helped me. But but could I ask you a further question, or Frank, or Millie's, or anybody who can help me? At what age? Should, should a parent um, actually listen to a child who wants to transition using surgical and pharmacological techniques that make it impossible to reverse that decision years later?
4: Well, the good thing is that nowadays, um, well, nowadays, I mean, this research is probably twenty years old at this point. Um, there's a thing called puberty blocking hormones, or puberty blockers. Mostly, this is a, a, a medication called Lupron, and um, Lupron is in transgender kids <laughs> used as an as an off label um, because you know what? I mean,
0: my husband took Lupron when he had prostate cancer, and it took the testosterone out of him.
4: Okay, so there's then obviously many different applications, but it usually is used for precocious puberty. So when when kids enter puberty, biological puberty, too early before they're mentally ready to be sexually active. And on trans kids, it works really well. And I've worked with a couple of families that had kids on the blockers. And it is an absolute lifesaver for them because it simply buys kids a little bit more time before they decide, A, you know, am I really transgender wanting to go down the, the hormone replacement route and later surgery, or am I actually just okay with my social gender being that of my choice? So, and hormones, I mean, hormone replacement therapy is somewhat temporary I mean if you stop taking the hormones um, you know some of the changes in your body would reverse but in the case of trans men for example if you took if you took testosterone your voice would drop and that would never come back up so that's a permanent feature but other things like fat distribution I mean that is somewhat reversible surgical treatment is not really reversible I mean technically it's possible and technically some people who have had genital reassignment surgery for example have decided they wanted to reverse it but it is it's it's pretty complicated and to your question at what age parents should you know pay
0: attention to that well a lot of parents are facing that you know that their kids at, at many different ages and 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 the thing that scares me about it, and I I preface this by saying I am old, and I understand that as I am old, I might have old school views. But they're they're asking to have this gender reassignment um, surgery and gender affirming care, and it's being offered by big pharma, you know, which is an industry. That really likes to make money and, um, and there are well known names in it, like the Pritzker's who have been in, in, in the pharmaceutical and healthcare industry. And I just wonder if the motives are pure. Do you know what I mean? I, it's, I, I don't know if there's like a big, well, go ahead, Frank. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Dr. Francine, you know, the, the, the companies, uh, it, it, this is just the economical system. So companies work, uh, to, to, to make a profit, right? That is the one thing. But the, 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 the uh, connection between parents and their children, that is, the thing that we that we need to look at uh, and it is very important for parents to listen to their children all the way long and there are all sorts of issues with that and some of the problems that are way outside of this discussion are, uh, are exaggerating in these times so we have lots of problems in in the whole even the educational system and whatnot so but parents and that is absolutely still possible that are very close to their children and do listen to them will definitely pick that up and what i hear from uh, transgender persons uh, is that they know it all along so that is as soon at the age of three, four, five, six, so a lot of, uh, you, uh, just yesterday I listened to a room, eight hours or whatever, where there were all sorts of people identifying as that and they asked themselves the question uh, uh, for presentation aspects for the audience and they were all at age five, six, well there was one that was at 12 or 13, it could be higher, whatever, but um, it, it is uh, that is nothing like and I, I think that the phrase the wrong body and and i, I think Mailer has has really uh um uh spoken into that it, it it is kind of also a wrong assignment so this this notion of this is the wrong body no it's the right body but we the 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 thing about society is that the modern society has come up with these, w- with these binary dichotomies, which also play, by the way, in this, into the sciences with the whole analytics thing where we try to pinpoint the one thing, the function that it, that it does. And you've spoken to the problems of businesses identifying that, you know, but we don't discuss even the, the, the most simple thing. I mean, 150 years ago, pink was assigned to boys. Now we assign it to girls. This is, social construct right and and th- we need to break that up and that is the whole point of that so this idea to reduce everything to like a binary thing where we then decide whatever it th- that is a problem and i i have seen loads of literature where of course the statistical differences between uh Male and female are ki- kind of they're relevant, and you have to kind of consider them in in certain workspaces or in certain medical conditions and the whole thing of the of the medicine. That is all very important to consider. But we have organized stuff that is absolutely outside of that scope, and that parents lost uh, the contact to their own children, and there's a lot of proof of that, uh, where they kind of. Do everything in, in the environment of the children where it's actually about the parents and not so much about the experience or the, the experimentation of the children is not even allowed. So where is that, that openness? And we are a very close society, especially the Western society. That is especially where the problems are. Uh, and, uh, Muriel has just also kind of Spoken into that direction, that other other countries outside of that might have that openness, and that speaks into this this mindset uh, that is highly controlling. We need to break that up. I'll stop there. I could talk ages about that. Oh,
0: great, Melis, did you want to say something?
3: Yeah, I just want to. uh, I just I just want to answer to your question, Dr. Francine, that where you when you asked like what age that what is like a transgender kid can show the purest motive to, to transition into another gender. Right. So for me, for myself, it's never going to be the purest moment because that, that thinking of me, that thought of me is pure at that moment. So I decided to go on with it. And there are some points after I got my books done It's like, Maybe I'm better off as a gay man. Should I take my boobs? Should Should I take my boobs out? It is gonna come a long way like this all the time. It's never be. It will never be. It will. It will never be purest. It's gonna be pure at that moment. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally
1: yes. understand. Yeah. In the context Barbara, of the moment.
0: Yeah. Barbara, how is this? Yeah sort of function with your uh, gender intelligence, the, the neuroscientific studies of the brain that you have been talking about? So there
1: is, so there are studies, and Frank, you probably have uh, read some of those studies, but there are studies on the gay brain. It's just not enough, and we need more data on that. But they do have discovered that in the first trimester, which is when the male and the female brain is formed, right, there are certain uh, boys who have a female brain, and vice versa. And it has to do with the hormone balance that occurs in the first trimester. And then there are MRIs now that have, that can show the first, the second, and third trimester, um, the fetus, and can see the brain differences between boys and girls. So it's very, very interesting. But I want to share a personal story that I've never really shared before. And so I have grandchildren, I have two grandsons who were born premature, very premature. And uh, one of them uh, never formed any testicles. And, um, you know, he's now 22. But he was he grew up with no testicles. And of course, his, his brother grew up with testicles. And they were very, very different because of the lack of testosterone. And the parents in you know, collaboration with the doctors decided to give him testosterone so he would develop as a boy, but when he was 18, he could choose uh, whether he wanted uh, to remove, you know, what he wanted to do with his body. Uh, and at 18, he chose not to have testicles, so he's living without that. And he is happy, 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 happy. You know, there's no you know, uh, no qualms about it. And And, and so it's just you know to honor that, but that's a medical condition, right?
0: Versus I know, but honoring it is honoring it is the operative word or the most important word. I mean, it's right. it's it's really and and Muriel I think made the point that I think so far is the high point of the day which, or maybe it was Frank or both of them with their, the things that they introduced into the conversation. Why does everything have to be a binary? Yeah. Why can't malice be a combination of, you know, a a man and a woman, you know, to have her, her, his, her, their male genitalia Nail? Yep. I have no idea what to call you. Have their nail genitalia? Uh, I and... just call you penis. <laughs> Pardon?
3: Yeah. I'm, like I, I am not afraid to tell everybody that I have a penis and I am fine and happy with it. Like I always joke with my friends that I am taking the best of both worlds. It's, like, kind of ironic, but I know it's, like, it's, but I think that, for me, I have some transgender friends that they are not happy with their Willie, really, but, and there are some that happy with that, Willie, really, like I am. So, it's, like, kind of individual stage of being a transgender. I don't know how to, to say about it, but it's, like, kind of, yeah.
0: It is the best of both worlds.
2: So, 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 my family system. There, there are two trans persons. So there's a trans woman who discovered that, or or not discovered, who made a decision to transition, in in, in their teens. But then there's also a trans woman who decided that in their late thirties, but not because that, um, that decision just came up. At that age, actually, uh, uh, she wrote um, what is that a, 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 a book more than twenty years on that. So she she had her notes uh, uh, more than uh, twenty years about about all the issues uh, she had with that. But the decision came when uh, in that assigned gender world, she decided to be a parent, right? So she decided with a, a pretty aware person, uh, that they both want to be parents. That is one decision, right? And so right. they decided that. And, um, so biologically, she is a father of two daughters. And with that process, there was so much, uh, pressure coming up with that to that, that nothing of this, uh, of this, um, A constructed world and this this pressure to fit in 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 this assigned way that was not bearable anymore and so in in the late 30s she decided to to transition also body parts that that is something and there's so many uh decision points the the thing is uh, why do we, and, and what I hear from uh, uh, trans persons all the time is that this assignment of the gender, that is kind of like if you're getting a wrong medical diagnosis. That is what it is all the time. So somebody's just telling you, you got headache, even though you never had a an headache. And, and, and that's kind of the feeling. And, and why do we then, uh, uh let the, the, the doctors decide to do surgery on these bodies? And to uh uh you know uh fit these w- w- things in uh, on the basis of the idea that uh, we we can make up anything from outside and then those persons will live happily after. That is the wrong thing. So let people decide whatever they want to. And that is the whole point of of these transgender communities. When you hear them, let them, uh, whatever. You will not experience a person that is, this is literally the smallest number, Dr. Francine. This is the smallest number people that that change into one direction and then back that 's not happening that 's not know. happening so w- these people know what they are, just like yeah, mailers yeah. or whoever you no, you can just listen to them
0: now,
2: yeah, yeah. This-
0: well, the suicide
4: or suicide ideation rate is extremely high um, in that population. It's disproportionately high in that in that uh, community. And that's because exactly what Frank has touched on, right? Because um, when, when parental support is missing, and you should love your children no matter what, but if you really know what you're looking for, there's a difference between gender play, because all kids play with gender at some point, and gender right. pain. So when you recognize that your child is literally in pain because you're trying to, to enforce a socialization into a gender role that just doesn't fit, then you should really pay attention. And if you're overwhelmed, there's plenty of people that can help you with that, mainly also other parents who are going through the same thing because it's, it's really challenging for parents. But the other thing is, you know, it's actually really not that difficult to understand um, a transgender identity. It's simply that transgender people, subjectively, right, subjectively, um, have the same connection to their identity as everybody else. So, as much as it's for for a cisgender person, it just seems just normal and 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 right for you to be, for example, female-bodied and to identify as a girl or a woman, as it is for a transgender person who might be male-bodied, not not male, male-bodied, but identify, as a girl and the other thing is (laughs) the other thing is um you know the reason the reason we don't know why some people are transgender is very simple we don't know we have no scientific proof to show or explain why more people are not transgender this means there is no scientific proof that can tell you why Male socialization works on most male-bodied people. Let's just call it typical, right? Not normal, because normal, we we don't want to use it. Right, you don't want, right. We don't want normal. Let's just say typical. So, I mean, nobody to this day has been able to explain to me, scientifically, biologically, in any other way, why it is that most people happen not to be transgender.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense, because it's... it's a total social structure because if I, I always end these conversations and I've had uh, several of them lately um, because um, first of all, working with Barbara, but second of all, um, in my own family, um, there is uh, my nephew's significant other is a is a non-binary person and i had a long conversation with them about what it means to be a non-binary person and i thought to myself shit you know if i had been if, if that had been available to me when i was their age i would have chosen that option because i never i i don't feel binary even now so that that's interesting and I've got these social contracts driven deep into me obviously at 81 years old you know the, I'm pretty much socially constructed by now but even so there's a little piece of me that wants to, after every one of these conversations that wants to come out as at least non-binary and, and, that, and I think that is fascinating because it tells me that what you're saying I don't know, Miriam, there's it's like it's like a rainbow. <laughs> Obviously everyone has figured that out before I did, but you know, it's like a rainbow of of gender preferences or gender identities, uh, from from very, very, very Um, female to very, very, very male and all the way into the middle. And another reason that I know this is that I was married to a gay man for 10 years and we had a heterosexual relationship and a gender-bending relationship too, you know. And the only reason we got divorced was, was age, AIDS, Actually, you know, and I, I I just spoke to him last year for the first time in about 20 years. And he said to me, you know, if we if we had been married in these times rather than the times we were, which was the 80s, um, we probably could have and should have stayed married. And that was very interesting to because I felt that way and he felt that way. And so both of us are somewhere on a spectrum toward a middle. And not. and, and Muriel, what you said about the tribes and how they just accept people who are um, who are not, you know, all the way one kind of gender or another. Why can't we do that?
3: Um, from my own perspective <laughs> that when I had a talk with my gay friends or transgender friends that it hard it, it is hard for gay kids or transgender kids because most of the time parents are not really really good at listening because like it doesn't have, have to be a verbal thing like sometimes like it being from my from from my head from what i think most of the time being a parent being a parent comes with the expectation that you gonna expect your kids to be in a certain way so you stop listening to to your kids because you expect them to be that kind of kid in your head God,
0: that makes total sense. Absolutely. And ba- Barbara has a hard stop right now and, yeah. and so this is probably the best conversation we have ever had in yes. Karma Club and I'd yes. like to thank everybody who participated and listened because it's the kind of conversation that Barbara and I dream of having. Absolutely. <laughs> we, when we think about running this club so i'd like to thank you all for coming and being here and giving us the the miracle of your love and attention and replays are on and if you would like to meet other intelligent people on geneva you can click on the link above and that will get you into Francine's house on Geneva. And that is a place where I come to talk to people and it, and a place, it's a safe, I, I'm not gonna say a safe space because nothing is a safe space or needs to be a safe space necessarily. Just needs yeah. to be a respectful space. But thank you so much everybody yes. for coming. Thank you for your generosity. And thank you, you know, Melis and Muriel, I am so happy to meet you. And I'm going to follow both of you and try to keep in touch with you any way I can. Thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you as well. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, we should have known each other a long time
1: ago. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, everyone. All the very best.
0: Okay, here we go. Dr. Francine, I love you. Bye. I love you too. This is wonderful. All the best. Bye.